The new Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of the new Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barker here and welcome back to the new grad physio podcast. So when you were at your university, on your placements, your lecturers, your clinical educators probably told you that you do subjective assessment and then you have all the information that you need to then be able to to know what you're going to test in your objective assessment, which makes that part of the assessment a whole lot easier. And then at that point, you know, at the end of the subjective and objective, you've got a clear diagnosis, a clear problem list, so you know exactly what you're gonna you're gonna treat, whether you're using hands-on treatments and or rehab. But you know, as well as me, in real life, it's not quite as as simple as that. And so many therapists reach out to me and get in contact with me for, for help and support and, and mentorship. And a lot of that is often to do with uh, patient assessments. And I guess you get to that point, you've got your patient, you know, you're in the clinic room. And at the point where you would love to sit your patient down at the end of the assessment and say, right, this is what's going on. This is your diagnosis. This is the prognosis. This is what we're going to do to fix you. Sometimes you really struggle with that. And that can be often for, for many therapists, particularly new grads, the probably the most difficult um, part of, of what we what we do and what you do as a as a therapist. Because if we look at the the aim of the patient assessment, I always you know simplify things and if we look at the, the three key aims of any patient assessment regardless of who you're working with what environment you're working with whatever injury it is firstly we want to try and find a patient diagnosis then we want to find a problem list so when we really clear what problems a patient has so the problems are not the diagnosis problems might be um, you know lack of range of movement of the, the knee it might be a lack of strength with a particular muscle group or, or area of the body and then finally we want to know what the end goal of the patient is because again if we don't know the end goal it's very difficult for us to then you know know and be able to plan an appropriate you know treatment or rehab plan for that patient if we don't actually know where we're heading in the first place so to summarize with any patient assessment we want to find a diagnosis when a clear problem list and we need to know what the end goal is. So thinking about the subjective assessment, we can start to 
find out and start to develop a hypothesis about what that patient diagnosis might be in the subjective assessment. And then we can use our objective assessment to sort of check and challenge this hypothesis to find out the, the true um, patient diagnosis. With regards to the problem list, so your range of movement, your output problems, and when you're assessing squat, lunging, whatever you might do with the patient, that is going to come from your objective assessment. So the problem list you develop is going to be solely from the objective assessment. Finally, developing an end goal or finding out, identifying what that end goal is for your patient is going to be in the subjective assessment. So if we look at the assessment as a whole, let's split it into two. We've got our subjective assessment and our, our objective assessment. We've got three, three things we want to achieve. Patient diagnosis, a problem list and an end goal. The subjective assessment is going to help us, it's going to start us on that process of finding the diagnosis, which is task number one, and it's also going to be able to, to give us that, that clear end goal for, for what we want to achieve with our, with our patient. So again, if we do a really good job with our subjective, we've got a clear end goal, and we've, we've started that process, we're halfway there to finding the correct patient diagnosis. Specifically, with a subjective assessment, certain things that are really going to help you to do that. So one of the key things in the subjective when we're, when we're talking to our patient and we're trying to identify what's going on with their, their knee, their shoulder, their back, the mechanism of injuries is really, really important. Because again, if you have um, a patient that has a clear mechanism of injury, then you can really simplify your objective assessment. You can really hone down the potential structures, the potential injuries or pathologies your, your patient may have. So really, you know, a clear, easy one might be you've got um, you know, amateur football player who's playing, you know, eleven aside football a few weekends ago. He went to you know to turn. Um, a player's come in from the side, he's hit him to his lateral knee, his knees, you know, being forced into to valgus with his studs in the, the ground. Um, again, thinking about what injuries what he might have might have attained. So again, the most obvious one there might be a medial ligament injury, an MCL ligament injury. So if, again, if we've got a clear mechanism of injury, then that can really help us to, to hone down on the specific structures that we think might be causing our patient's symptoms. And again, when we get to our objective assessment, that's going to make our um, assessment as a whole, and particularly our special testing, so much more specific. Also, your patients aggravating and easing factors, so things that make their symptoms worse, things that make their symptoms better. Again, that should fit a certain pattern. So again, with a certain pathology, certain movements are going to make symptoms worse. Certain positions are going to make you know symptoms worse. Uh, and again, certain positions and movements are going to make things easier with with certain pathologies. So again, if you've got a patient that has a, a flexion based you know, disc problem in their back, you would expect things like sitting and bending forwards to aggravate them. And you might find that standing, walking, laying on their back ease their symptoms. So that would fit a normal clinical pattern. So again, having really clear aggravating and easing factors can really help you to, to try and identify exactly what's going on with your patient and be really helpful in you trying to find the accurate and, and the right patient diagnosis also the past medical history so this is important probably on two parts so firstly your patient's you know previous injury history is really really important because again 
certain injuries that they may have have had in the past might distort the the assessment. So what I mean by that is if they've had, you know, using the example before with a with a knee MCL injury, they may have had a previous ACL injury on on that knee, for example, or they've had surgery to repair the the meniscus on the inside of their knee. So that might be, and again. These are questions that you'd need to ask your patient. They may have not actually ever achieved full knee flexion following that meniscal surgery, for example. So again, albeit we've got a new injury and we're querying maybe they have an acute MCL injury, a medial collateral ligament injury, but it's important that we know about their past medical history and previous injuries they've had to that that joint. Because again, that might mean you know, when we're trying to maybe use their affected versus unaffected limb to, to compare with our range of movement testing, output testing, and all of the testing that we might do in our objective assessment, the actual baselines for both might actually already be different prior to this injury. So it's important that we're really clear about what injuries have, have had in the past. And the second part of, of, of doing a really thorough past medical history, again, is to, to help us. So we what we also we always want to do with patients, regardless of their injury and problem, clearly we want to identify the site of the problem, the diagnosis, the structure that's causing their, their pain. But we also want to to identify and treat the source of the problem. Because again, if we only do the, the former and we only treat symptoms and we don't identify exactly what might be causing symptoms in the first place, then we've only done half a job. And this is the primary reason why so many patients and athletes break down during the rehab process or quite quickly upon returning to full activity. And that's because you know, therapists have typically done a great job at treating symptoms, at treating the site of the problem, but they've not been able to identify and treat the source of the problem. And then finally, in relation to the subjective uh, assessments, their occupation, sports, hobbies, you know, repetitive positions, movements, things, actions that they, they might do. Again, have these contributed to, to their problem? Again, are we seeing patterns between what they're doing day to day in their in their jobs, in their hobbies, in their sports, whatever it may be, that have maybe um, impacted on their injury? This is going to be more applicable to, to again, non-traumatic injuries, but again, it's really, really important. So that's going to tie in the, the sort of social history aspect of your patient so subjective is so so important but it's something again that so many therapists and new grads particularly reach out to me for, for help and support and and i'd say almost nine times out of ten therapists know that their patient assessments could be better and need to be better to help them identify the right patient diagnosis problem list and be, being able to then help them design and implement um or a rehab plan that's going to be able to take their patient from injury and back to full health but quite often so many therapists so many new grads think it is the objective assessment where they're lacking but they're often missing so many you know key key things some simple things that you can do do a whole lot better in your subjective assessment which in turn make the objective assessment so much easier and you know really help you to be able to to find the right patient diagnosis so i've got a few more tips in relation to to the subjective um assessment so one of the i guess one of the key things that i would would urge you to do is you know you need to show authority in that subjective assessment and take charge of it you know by all means you need to let your patient tell their story patients need to feel like they're being listened to but if your patient is you know ra ranting on you know, rambling on about things that are not that important if they're going off 
you know, off on tangent, you quite quickly need to bring them back. Um, could I just stop you there? Sorry, you mentioned X, Y, Z. Can you tell me a bit more about that? You know, you, you tell your patient, can you tell me a bit, bit about your injury? And then five minutes later, they're still talking and they're telling you, you know, the whole backstory of what's gone on and some of it is largely, you know, meaningless. It's not really going to help you um, do what you need to do to be able to find, uh, you know, the, the, the right diagnosis. So, again, let your patient tell their story. Give them a little bit of time. But if they're going off tangent, you need to show authority. You need to be strong and confident. You need to bring them back onto to script and, and take charge. And, that, you know, that, that sometimes means that you have to... Um, interrupt them and say oh sorry can you just tell me a bit more about this sorry could i just ask you uh, about this and again that's that's what you need to do in the subjective assessment i mentioned already about the importance of the past medical history so i'm going to ask you about your you know current injury and i'm also going to ask you some um, really important questions about injuries and medical problems that you've had in the past the reason i'm doing this is because some of these injuries and problems you've had in the past might be contributing to the problem you're having at the moment. And again, if we, if I don't know about these, um, and you're telling me about these injuries you've had in the past, then there's a fair chance that we won't be able to, you know, we don't know what they are, so we can't, we can't identify them, we can't treat them. And again, it might mean that further down the track that there's some of these injuries actually impede. Um, our ability to get you back to full fitness and, and get you back doing the things that you want to do. Does that make sense? So you need to stress the importance of that past medical history because most patients will understand that if they've come into your clinic with an injury and then you're asking about injuries in the past they've had to their ankles or hips or lower back or whatever else it may be. So they don't, they don't see the importance of that. They just want you to fix their knee. But we know it's obviously the, clearly the the knee doesn't work in isolation to the foot, the ankle, to the hip, to the low back. We know the importance of other problems and, and the impacts that they can have on a successful rehab plan. But you need to explain that to your patient. This is probably the biggest one. If you get to the end of your subjective assessment and your patient's story, what they've told you and the information you've gathered does not make sense, then stop. You know, don't move on to the objective assessment until you are completely happy with the subjective assessment. Clearly, you, you're going to have some patients that are more complicated than others. But even with the most complex of patients, the patient's story, there shouldn't be big gaps missing in, in what's gone on. The, the bulk of what you find and 99% of what you, you know, you, information you've gathered from your patient should make sense. You should have a fair idea come the end of the subjective assessment about what's actually going on with your subjective assessment. If you get to the end of your subjective and you know, you're know you not happy, you know, you're know you not clear about what might be going on, then there's probably things that you've missed. And the one thing you can't do is you can't outdo a poor subjective, subjective assessment. So, so many therapists think they can do this and then what they will do is then just try and rely on their objective assessment to, to actually out, you know, almost outdo what, what is a, a poor subjective assessment and then what you'll find is halfway through your objective assessment it's not really making any sense what you thought they might test like objectively is not how they present on the on the bed and then you get your sort of head in a bit of a spin and you're unsure of what you're doing you're jumping around different tests some things are sore that you didn't think were going to be sore some tests test okay which you thought that might you know irritate your patient uh, you get to the end of your objective assessment and then you are you know quite unclear about what's what's going on and you know if your patient asks you which they often do you know what do you think is going on 
you know, you're not, you're not very clear and you might blurt something out. You might tell them something because you feel like you have to do, but, but again, you, you're not quite sure. So, so many therapists think they actually do a great job with a subjective assessment. And like I mentioned before, so many of the requests that I get, the questions that I get are to help physios, sports therapists, sports rehabilitators with their assessments. And they all think, I'd say nine out of 10 therapists think they have problems and it's primarily with the objective assessment. But nine out of 10 of these therapists um, are not doing the subjective assessment as well as they could. And what this leads to is then, like I said, you'll go down the wrong track with your objective assessment. You're looking for the wrong things. You're testing the wrong things. And then what you do then is find the wrong patient problems and which can often lead you to the to the wrong patient diagnosis. So I guess if there was one takeaway I wanted you guys to take with you from this podcast episode is if it doesn't make sense, then do it again. With your subjective assessment, if you ask a question and the answer that you get doesn't quite make sense, doesn't sit right with you, if you get to the end of your subjective assessment, and what you've heard, the patient story, and the information you've gathered, again, does not quite make sense, then you need to go back through it. Not the whole thing, but certain key components, certain questions that maybe just sounded you know, a bit fluffy or, or whatever it may be, then you need to go back and ask those questions. You might ask them again. You might ask the questions slightly differently. Could I just ask you, uh, before you mentioned uh, about an injury you had to this knee, uh, you said you had surgery. Um, you know, What exact surgery did you have? And again, there might be some bits that your patient still is a little bit unclear about and that might be something that they need, they need to go away um, you know, and find out from somebody else or, or whatever else it may be. But again, the big thing is if your subjective assessment does not make sense, do not pass go. You know, do not collect £200. Do not carry on with your objective assessment. This whole do not pass go was actually a phrase I used um, recently uh, when I was over in Galway teaching on my one-day rehab and return to performance course. And I, and I use that sort of phrase, that do not pass go sort of um, analogy, if you like, to, to explain this problem and explain the, the point that, like I'm saying in this podcast, that do not carry on unless you're happy with the information that you've you know got. On the course, we went into detail uh, about looking at both the subjective and the objective assessments. And on the course, I, I teach my exact assessment system, the exact system that I use to assess every single patient or athlete that I work with. And I'll be holding this course again in November. So on Saturday, the 25th of November, 2023, I'm going to be back at Wheatwood Hall Hotel, which is a hotel in just on the outskirts of Leeds, England, um, to hold my one-day rehab and return to performance course. Tickets are now on sale. Um, the course is limited to just 25 therapists, the first 25 therapists that book. And the reason for that is a highly practical course. So I just can't um, accommodate any more therapists um, than that. 10 tickets have already gone, meaning that at the time of recording this podcast, there are just 15 spaces remaining. So if you're interested, you want to come to the course in November, you enjoy face-to-face -face, you know, course material, you want to see... And, and learn my exact assessment, you know, treatment and rehab um, ways of working, 
um, the systems that I use to, to assess, treat and rehab the patients and athletes that I work with, then this course is for you. So hit the link in the, the show notes or if you do have any questions about the course, about the content, you know, please check out some of my socials. I'll be putting some more information out there in the coming weeks or contact me directly andy at ugraphysio.com or feel free to send me a direct message on any of my social channels the best one's probably instagram and i'm at new grad physio so biggest takeaway if a subjective assessment and what you get information wise from your patient does not make sense then do not pass go do not carry on don't try and outdo um, a poor subjective assessment with a good objective assessment so thanks as always for your time and attention i love recording the podcast i love and the messages, um, the questions that I get asked post-episode. So again, if you do have any queries, questions, anything I've covered, you want a bit more clarification, you've got a topic, anything you want me to cover, potentially on an upcoming um, podcast episode, then please reach out to me let me know. And if you want to come to my rehab and return to performance course in November in, in Leeds in England at the end of November, the 25th of November 2023, then just hit the link in the show notes or contact me for more information. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The Five Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his New Grad Physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.